What is up, guys? And welcome to the second episode of the Built on Fitness show. I'm Stu. And I'm Rachel. And we're going to be taking an unfiltered look into business insights and emerging trends for fitness entrepreneurs. And in our second episode today, I'm real pumped and excited. Rachel and I have been jamming on this. We're going to be talking a lot about client engagement and acquisition strategies. What, what exactly so, when you, I mean, I know obviously you're talking to a lot of gym owners and, and things, you know, and studio owners during this time right now. Is that what you're hearing? Is that a major nine one one red flag kind of thing? Like, is that what you're hearing? Is a lot of the the cries for help right now? So yeah, I think a lot of studios, especially it is you know the end of the year. You have the holiday season coming up, but I mean it is COVID too, so it's a unique year. But it seems that a lot of people, especially going into like the, the digital side of things, are having trouble getting their clients, keeping their clients engaged, and then getting new clients. Especially now where it's like, okay, have you added a digital component? Are you still doing in person? Kind of figuring out what people need to focus on and then keeping the clients that they have engaged and then bringing new people in. So I think on the topic of, of client engagement, I think it'd be a good idea, Stu, for us to kind of uh, define uh, what that means. Like what is client engagement? Sure. In the Facebook world, when I'm doing a Facebook ad, engagement is a like, a comment, or a share right? And in social media, it is those little digital touch points, the double tap of a heart or the, the saving the Instagram post for later. That is engagement, showing that you didn't just scroll past, you actually stopped, took note of it, and it, and it happened with a, a tactical um, effort, something right, you did right. with your thumb or finger. In the studio world, when we're talking about clients engaging with the brand, it is the time where they talk, they think about, they recommend, they consider, they might have anxiety even around a workout or they're planning their outfit around the workout yeah. or they're looking at what the head coach is doing for lunch at that local sandwich shop and is maybe considering also going there. Guys, it is everything that happens outside of the class session or personal training service or whatever it is you are offering. So any involvement where someone is thinking about your brand outside of class, that is the engagement we're talking about because we all know the more touch points and engagement touch points throughout a day that a brand can get from their audience, the better. If someone wakes up and they're like, what's the weather like today? Right. All right. Okay. I'm going to dress, I'm going to dress warm. Good. Cause I've got this, I've got the workout class. What is the workout actually today? Okay. Well, I'm going to make sure to wear this because of that class. Yeah. You know, what is, um, you know, what's the workout tomorrow? Like however they can think and structure their day around that or their apparel or what they're going to eat or drink. These are all engagement touch points. Nice. So that's, I know. So with urban movement, which is your facility, what, what are some examples of things that you've done to kind of increase that client engagement or some different strategies people can also use to do that? So our studio has always maintained a really strong weekly level of engagement. Now this is going to manifest into, it culminates at the end of the week with a Sunday newsletter that goes out. Um, and our tagline is probably the best workout in CLT. So we have probably the best newsletter in your inbox that comes to people every Sunday. And I think we have that kicking out at like 9 a.m. or so. So it goes out to all the members and it talks about things that are going on in the studio, events, mm -hmm. 
promotions if we have new swag coming out we even have we have a spotify account uh, for the probably the best playlist in clt and people can add music or request things to to put in there it's a way for people to engage we do movement service announcement msas that's where myself or my head coach deuce get behind the camera and we go over different movements workouts exercises or training methodologies that we believe in and we, you know, we've built the brand around and we talk about them in a further deeper context for those who want to nerd out with us. Yeah. In addition, there's the, the easy. So the layups, all the studios listening right now have probably, oh, well, a client took a photo of her sweat angel or her bike or, <laughs> you know, her locker in the Pilates studio and shared it to Instagram. I'm going to share her story. Yeah. And that is engagement, right? That's proof. What it is, it's proof of engagement. You're showing the market people mess with my brand. People yeah. You know, and that's that's a layup though. There's not a lot of effort there. Just a simple share. That's what I call CGC, consumer-generated content, and yeah. that's great. It shows social proof, but it it rarely is unique. It, it rarely is special in mm-hmm. in most regards. So, um, the other stuff we've always thought about at Urban Movement to create engagement is we do RAKs, racks, random acts of kindness. Okay. Now okay. our goal with these, they're very selfless actions with very selfish motivations uh-huh. okay so for example we overhear a member coming up and they're looking a little tired and what's going on i've been studying for the bar mm-hmm. oh wow we make a note of that in the crm and then the general manager follows up in a, you know a couple months or whatever it is and finds out exactly you know, did you pass and yes we send a random act of kindness. It might be a gift basket gift card we send something to the yeah. tune of around 50 or so dollars to that individual now if they never speak of it ever on social media, so be it. We feel amazing that we did a very unique customer service to our member. However, yeah. nine times out of 10, it gets <laughs> shared. They talk about it, whatever. And then that becomes an engagement point. People comment under that post or video. Yeah, and like, yeah. oh my God, your gym did that. That's so cool. Blah, 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 blah. And and that's how it, and so that's, a, that's an engagement point. That's obviously sounds very selfless, but we all know that it has a very selfish marketing endeavor to it, but yeah, it's a yeah. great way to do that. Um, we also, you know, we utilize very hand-to-hand combat at, at Urban. I'm very anti-automation in a lot of areas. I do not okay, like, okay. no text messages should go out that don't feel like a, a human being wrote them. Short mm-hmm. of a mass text, the water main broke and we're flooded, classes are canceled until further yeah. notice. Beyond that, everything needs to have a human element to it because, you know, our BS meters are so high. People sure. are able to register what's not real and what's not. And nobody engages with, with the the bot yeah nobody yeah. engages yeah, with the auto you know they, they want to engage with a human so we make sure that our communication is personalized and it sounds like us in our voice uh we also do this photography play that i, I love mm-hmm. we've been using we've hired photographers and we've had trade outs with photographers what i call energy exchanges forever and we'll let members know hey guys on next tuesday 6 30 p.m if you plan to attend our in-house photographer will be here and he or she'll be taking a ton of photos of you we will be uploading them to the urban movement dropbox which you all have access to and you may download and have access to any of the photo any of your photos yeah feel free to use them however you want maybe you put a little watermark on there so if they do use them it obviously shows the urban movement logo on there but that's a great way people see them and they share them with their friends and it generally turns into people's most recent profile picture or Instagram. So then like in, in today's time where, you know, the in-person stuff is kind of, it's slowed down. It might not exist at all. What would you recommend people do 
Um, it seems like the newsletter is, is definitely something everybody should do. It seems like that's a low hanging fruit that people should really grab onto. And you mentioned something about the newsletter to me previously when we were talking about it is the fact that you include the week's workout in the newsletter and that increases like open rate and more engagement there. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. So at Urban, we've branded it the hashtag sneak peek. And the yeah, sneak peek yeah. goes out every Sunday and it shows Monday through Sunday. It shows the style of workout. We have three unique styles of workouts at Urban and then the movements. It doesn't break down the rep scheme or things like that. It, it essentially, because our model essentially allows customization within the class, but it, uh, it shows the the movement she'll be doing because we do want members who are engaged in other fitness activities outside the gym. Yeah. And so it allows them to kind of plan through that, but you're right. It has higher open rates because they know that piece of information is in there. And it also, when we do it digitally, so we used to every night, 8 PM, we would post a quick video snippet called the hashtag sneak peek. And it showed mm -hmm. the actual movements for the next day. Got it. We once, COVID happened and our digital efforts really had to be pushed to movement anywhere or on demand. We had to, you know, we had to clear up some bandwidth somewhere. So we got rid of that, but we do have it in the app. They're able to access it right there when they open up the app and, you know, access the full week's uh, movements yeah, yeah. and what style of workout it is. Nice. So then like, let's say, you know, there's people that are always like, I, you know, I don't have enough time to create this newsletter. Like I still want to keep my clients engaged. Like what advice would you give these sure. people? It's, it's very timely. I've, I've been using MailChimp since 2010, I think. And our template, we change it probably maybe once every 18 to 24 months. We kind of refresh it sometimes a little bit sooner. It takes time. And it, mm -hmm. and it is hard. Learning MailChimp is hard. You have to get on YouTube and you have to put in MailChimp tutorial 2020 or whatever you're using. Guess what? Losing clients is also hard. Yeah. Not making as much money is also hard. Guys, you got to pick your hard. I understand that. And, and here's the deals for the average studio owner, you probably don't have the budget to hire a marketing specific person on your team for $35,000 a year. Right. I completely get that. So that means you will be, need to become the best generalist. On the weekends, you unfortunately are probably gonna have to spend an hour or two learning the skill sets to about a C plus level that you cannot hire out. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's mm -hmm. what you sign up for. When you decided to open up a gym, I'm a coach and I love my job. I'm gonna open a studio where I'll coach all the classes and clean the toilets and do all the marketing. You signed up for this. Yeah. If you had waited four yeah. years and saved up a huge amount of money and then been able to hire a marketer on day one, you wouldn't have had this problem. But right. this is where we are. Right. And again, I know it's a lot of work, guys, but I don't know what pamphlet you read on career day that's an entrepreneurship <laughs> and owning a studio was going to be easy. The only thing you really, the other thing that popped in my head, you mentioned for the studios that are closing down and these other, you know, elements of engagement. I, I actually made a full blown video in yes. a, for a WTF and my handle, we just released one called creating a podcast for your studio. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, that has been urban movement opened up with our podcast a little over a year ago, I want to say. It is by far the, the sleeper, you know, Rudy style of guerrilla warfare marketing that we've done. It has yeah, allowed yeah. us to have the members on the podcast, interview them and talk to them, which they then share with their roommate and their boyfriend and their mom and their coworkers. Yeah, and it just yeah. spreads. And we have local businesses come on the podcast. Nice. So we'll have the new cafe or the coffee shop or the sandwich place or the new bar. And then we develop a relationship. We invite people in to give them our audience's attention, 
which is a, the most limited resource out there right now, yeah. and tell their story and push their brand. And they are very grateful to us that we generally are able to close them afterwards and say, hey, can we do a pop-up workout at your brewery the third Tuesday of every month? Hey, can we do a pop-up workout or an event at your coffee shop the first yeah, yeah. Monday morning of every month? And Urban Movement has this amazing Rolodex of recurring off-site events that allow us to do guerrilla marketing, host workouts, do meet and greets, all that kind of stuff. And it's it's free leads, free generation, uh, lead generation, and local, hyper-local marketing. So I, it's cool as the local business owner. I get to bounce around and when I have family come in. Like, oh my God, everyone knows you here, Stu. <laughs> it's like because I purposely make the time and effort to do B2B development with my brand, even with companies that are not synergistic to the fitness. Yeah. Uh, something else that I kind of wanted to touch on on this topic is um, social media and like Facebook groups. So I know that's another way that you can kind of engage people. Let's speak a little bit about that. Facebook groups. Previously, I used to be very wary of it. it there were there was not as many as much control of Facebook groups back in the day, and eventually you might have you might have been letting the inmates run the asylum a little bit. You have a bunch <laughs> of birds and one of them wants to spout their political viewpoint. And then you have this entire eruption and this thing yeah. in the comment that is attached to your brand. Unfortunately, there's a lot more controls now as to who can comment, who can start a post, you know, regulating posts, things like that. So I think Facebook groups are a great place to house all the things that happen within your brand and your group class that wouldn't make sense to a prospect. Your website, and your social media, in my opinion, solely exist for a lead mm-hmm. and a potential prospect, people who are not familiar with your thing, people who are considering or, or maybe becoming aware of it for the first time ever. And there's a lot of things you do that wouldn't make sense. So for example, SoulCycle, the infamous spin studio, uh-huh. they have a move called a tap back. Tap backs is when your butt's off the bike and you kind of just push your butt back with the music, right? You just, you know, getting your jiggy on, on your bike. (laughs) But if they were to go ahead and roll with a lot of their marketing, talking about tap backs, it could be confusing to a, uh, a prospective client. They wouldn't know what that is. And confusion's the last thing you want to do in marketing. So the things that you and like, you know, I, we think of uh, barbell bias studios, right? These are studios that are maybe running with barbell based club, like workouts. There's a lot of exercise names and PRs and these lifts that are triumphant and they're amazing to celebrate in that Facebook group where yeah. everybody can give the yeah. high fives and the like and the comment. Gotcha. It's probably gotcha. not best on your public facing Instagram, Facebook, or website because that's for prospects. It's where you go to tell the story that gets someone interested in you, not where you go to confuse people or intimidate them because you know what it is. You ever walk into a, a group of people, you know, at a social event and they're all telling a story and they're like, and you know, John, right? Ha ha. And everybody laughs and you don't know John. So you yeah. can't participate in the <laughs> yeah, inside right. joke. That's all they are. They're just inside jokes and knowledge that make outsiders feel like outsiders. Gotcha. So utilizing the Facebook group for more of like your current members, kind of growing that engagement. And then the other socials more for leads and prospects. And yes, and and I still think you use photos and videos of your current members and talk about their accomplishments and who they are so other people can relate to them, other prospects. But some of the the in-house stuff I think is probably best um best displayed on that that Facebook group and it allows for conversation. I I know gr- uh, amazing studio owners that do question of the day 
where they'll yeah. put something a little more philosophical um, and, and people just kind of just, they just talk on it and get a conversation going. Yeah. They don't do weekly newsletters. They do it daily. And it's normally about 70 to 120 characters or something like that. Like a tweet, just a mm-hmm. basic question or comment on something in regards to fitness, lifestyle, nutrition, exercise, whatever sports, and just get the conversation going. And those Facebook groups become amazing engagement pages. And they're able to see, we have 300 people in our private Facebook group and out of 300 people. 30% of them are active on there on a daily basis. That would nice. be, that would be a great number. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Let's, let's switch gears a little bit to now talking more about client acquisition and client acquisition strategies. And something that you touched on was having a, a macro problem versus a micro problem. So talk a little bit about what that is and break it down for us. That's sure. To so- acquire a client in any genre of business, you have to realize what problem do you solve for them? That's the only thing people pay money for. I'm hungry. You have a Reuben. I want to eat that Reuben. I'm no longer hungry. I'm not in shape or I don't feel like I have a good fitness lifestyle. Your studio fixes that. So it's whatever kind of problem. Now, macro problems are things like for the, the studio and the fitness industry, I'm fat. That would be a macro level problem. A micro problem taps into the emotion of feeling that pain or having that problem. So the macro, I'm fat. Micro would be my sister is getting married in Jamaica. I'm on the guest list for the bachelorette party. We are going to be in bathing suits the entire time. And I currently don't feel comfortable in anything to wear there. I will be hiding during for every Instagram selfie or wearing a towel. Uh And I don't want to feel that way. That is very micro. Now, the goal with the micro problem in your ad copy or your video or your photo should be to make a very deep piercing to a small group of people. Okay. If you go, hey, are you fat and self-conscious? Or, hey, do you not like being fat? Or are you overweight? To what You're talking to too many people. And there's a lot of people that make generalized statements in marketing. It's honestly one of the superpowers of a lot of the studios that I get a chance to work with is we create very specific messaging. So that if it, let's say it's me, I might read, you know, I might read some marketing goes, are you a young father with a three, with a daughter who's, you know, uh, it's your first daughter and you're trying to figure out how to keep up with her and manage your small business at the same time. I would stop and read that, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, uh, my daughter is a hellion and I'm chasing <laughs> her all over the place and I'm trying to run several different companies. Right, I, right. I, that would capture my attention because it sounds like, and we call it relate to us, it sounds like they're talking to me. Right. You know, I'll make some content and someone be like, dude, I, f- I felt like you were in my meeting from last week yeah. with my coaches. That's exactly what we were just talking about. You want it to be super specific. So a micro problem for everyone listening, you want to boil it down. It's not just, hey, mom and dad, are you looking to get more energy to chase your kids around? I know that seems micro, but it's micro in disguise. It's actually very macro. It should it should be. Hey, moms, are you tired of not being able to participate with your kids as some of the other moms on the playground? Are you constantly when, you know, the chaperones are being picked for field trips, you get the least physical jobs asked of you? Like it could be things where people are like, oh my God, we all went to the, we all went hiking with the kids and they had me hold the lunches at the bus because they probably, because yeah, yeah. like I'm out of shape and I couldn't do the hiking with the kids up yeah. the hill. Like, that would really pierce somebody. And, it, and it, it takes some introspective marketing research to figure out what micro problems are for specific avatars. But if you're a good studio owner and you listen to enough of the, the customers who are coming in, when they tell you their problems, you'll have a great list of these things that you can use and attack for client acquisition. 
Nice. So let's, let's talk about some like specific examples. Like let's dig into like a specific example of say like a studio that's in more of like a, like a metropolitan area. Yeah. I know we had touched on this. So let's say you have a studio in a metropolitan area. Let's think about like, what would a micro problem be for, for somebody there? And then I guess what would be, how could that studio attack that micro problem and present it? And then also offer a solution. Sure. So unfortunately right now, a lot of metropolitan areas, uh, so let's say a studio in downtown Seattle, probably received a lot of their clientele from local businesses, lunch crowd, pre-work, post-work. We all know what the at-home work lifestyle that we're undergoing in 2020, and even as far as I'm concerned, probably still going to be in 2021. That studio's population is probably deeply impacted, right? You can't go with the micro problem of, hey, are you looking for a great spot to get in a good, quick, efficient workout during your lunch break? And with shower facilities that allow you to go back to work and not smell like a gym sock, like that kind of a, yeah. instead, now you probably have to pivot. You have to think about, okay, if I'm in a local, small, a local metropolitan area and I need to attract, I probably need to be looking for the people that still don't work in my t- area because nobody's working there anymore, yeah, but yeah. live there. Hey, do you live in the, uh, in the south end side of Seattle? Are you looking for an awesome workout that's not only that's close to the the local coffee shops, the the this, the that, the breweries that you can build an entire fun lifestyle on? Or hey, if you're a transplant city, are you new to Charlotte, North Carolina, and you just happen to move here and you don't know anybody? Well, then come check out our our weekly sweat social. You'll find a workout you love and meet some people you love to work out with. These could be like language and one-off liners and stuff like that that you could use in a metropolitan area to attack a micro problem versus yeah, like, yeah. do you want a gym membership, right? Yeah. Like that, sure. Or, or do you want to get in shape? Uh, sure. But like, did you just move here and you don't know anybody and you're looking to get connected during one of the hardest years to get connected with people in person ever? Yeah. We have that option. So how would somebody like a studio that previously was, you know, fully open, they have that brick and mortar, everyone was coming in, they had established, you know, who their ideal clientele was. Then all of this coronavirus stuff happened. They're all digital. They don't have that in person anymore. How could they pivot their, their like micro problem and solution to a, to a digital side? Yeah. So the biggest thing I think you've got to first analyze is your fitness delivery. And this is, this is where I, hopefully we have good news after the bad news. The bad news is for most of us, what we do on site in our studio, they're hard to replicate at home, spin studios, Pilates studios, barbell biased workout studios. These are locations that are probably not able to give you a similar workout experience at home. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing on the digital side is you have to find now a very narrow sliver of the market. And that sliver is such an individual who either has equipment you were able to loan them or they have their own equipment at home. Yeah. Number two, someone who is looking at this as I want your specific local brand of fitness. Cause if we're all being honest with ourselves, there are 10,000 better produced online uh, a streaming demand offerings on, on the app store, yeah, right? yeah. I, like for companies that are all over the place, amazing, you know, with timers in the corner that sync up with your heart rate monitor right, and all right. this stuff. So where can you battle? You are looking for someone. It's like, hey, you're talking to someone who sees this as hopefully a temporary position. Are, are you looking to stay in shape during the force closure? 
would you love the opportunity to work with a local brand and a local studio that not only understands the area and all that understands what's going on and is able to provide, you know, on-demand workouts or live workouts, but can also meet with you on a Zoom call? Wouldn't you like, wouldn't it, you know, or in, in real life, like we, when Urban Movement was shut down, we offered our members, we would do socially distanced meetings. So like, if you were having a hard time staying motivated, we would offer and say, meet us for a cup of coffee. We'll sit six feet apart. We'll wear a mask, but yeah, you could at yeah. least see us in real life, which everybody was fiending for. And we could talk like, Hey, so let's, let's get Let's help you get on a workout schedule. Let's talk about your day. How can we do some lifestyle planning? Or we would do it via zoom. Mm -hmm. And the great thing was on this play at a micro problem level, we were able to play to the heart of we're actually here when the world returns to normal, whenever that may be, you'll be able to walk in the doors of the studio. You've been following their workouts for months and you'll be able to see the faces of the people you've seen on TV. Yeah. You'll be able to identify with the flavor and brand and the coaching cues because you've been participating in it. And that's something that a Peloton and a fitness plus from Apple will never be able to compete with on right. any level. Someone will eventually be able to walk in those doors and see those people in life. And whenever the world does come back online, we will know exactly what you've been doing fitness wise. And we'll be able to easily transition you to an in-person real life experience. Nice. nice. So overall for these studios, for client acquisition is for them to really appeal to these micro problems that are currently existing. So there it's about pivoting whatever way they need to and establishing the current micro problems and then finding I mean, I guess offering a plan and then the solution for the problem. Yeah, okay, the, okay. the three parts, you establish the micro problems. And I generally recommend that the owners or employees of the studio or the marketing department sit down and they write out 30 unique micro problems. Okay. One of the pivots, WTF, Jim talked this year with all my speaking engagements and everything got canceled is we started doing copywriting okay, right, okay. for micro gyms. So this is the exact this is the exact uh, process I would do for somebody you guys can do yourself. 30 piece, 30 unique problems. And to find those, interview your current clients, call the ones that you know will chat your ear off about what got them there and then use your own market research and kind of listen to some of the issues and just use yourself too, because you're probably also a decent version of your avatar to a degree. Once you have 30 unique problems laid out, you generally have one plan. And that plan is how someone gets started with your fitness, meaning they come in for a free week or a free class, or they register for a, a free week of your on-demand service, or they get to attend one of your free live streaming workouts if you're going that direction. What is the plan? And that plan has to have a very clear call to action. The plan rarely changes, right? It might change from digital back to in-person, hopefully soon. But by and large, most studios have an evergreen offer. So at Urban Movement, our evergreen offer is a free week. That is our yeah. evergreen offer. It's generally available 24-7, 365, unless we're offering our seasonally, you know, seasonal promotion, which is called the Reset Series. Okay. So right okay. now we're, we're running with our holiday Reset Series. It essentially is a buy one month, get one month free. God, right, or 50% off two months, however we, however we decide to word it on the copy. And that is the plan. You get to take action with this thing. And there's a link, a landing page link right yeah, there yeah. where someone can take that action. And, and so after you have a micro problem and you said, well, this is our plan to fix the problem. You can start a free week here at Urban Movement and have the best intersection of strength and conditioning workouts you've ever had. And, and then you have to vividly describe 
the successful ending. You go back to that mom example, right? If the micro problem was your son's friend on the playground ran up to you and said, you have a fat mommy and that made you feel self-conscious. That'd be like a horrible moment. Yeah. Our plan is we have a one week free trial to help you get your fitness lifestyle back on par so that next spring at the field days at your son's school, you and him could be lapping all the other mommies and kids around there because you've got the fitness to do so. Like that's a moment that yeah. a mom could, could envision like, oh my God, they actually do these fun little physical things. I'd love to be able to do that with my kid. I couldn't right. do that last year with him. I yeah. mean, that's a, a very specific. And I mean, if somebody resonates with that, they're gonna be like, that's me. I, I, that makes sense. It's, it's really hitting like really specific, vivid descriptions of these micro problems. Uh, one of my favorite ones to use for the Metropolitan my uh, studio. Did your coworkers coerce you into signing up for a obstacle course race recently? Did you go out meaning for it to be fun, but left feeling a little depleted, defeated because you couldn't perform a lot of the stuff? Maybe you couldn't finish whatever it may be. Our plan is this. Imagine what it's like next year when you guys go to do that same you know, it's probably some teamwork branding thing where everyone in the office signs up for an obstacle course and you're able to complete everything. Yeah. Like these are real moments in people's lives. And if you really listen to your prospects when they come in and you're trying to sell them and you really listen to what their problems are, we have a, I couldn't even tell you how many cells are in this Excel sheet. We just write them down. Yeah. We have a running list of all these micro problems we've heard over the year. You know, are you, you know, are you a middle-aged dad? That every now and then during football season, you always miss reliving the glory days of your college sports career. Would you like to get back into a fitness program that allows you to, to feel 20 years younger and participate with other individuals that are going to help motivate and drive you much like your teammates, teammates did when you were played sports? Well, we have a blah, blah, blah insert plan. Imagine what it'd be like to finally love waking up hungry for a workout again, much like you did when you were starting quarterback at you or when you were playing at USC or whatever it might be, right? Like, and, and just allow them to visualize how their life would be better because of your plan and the action they took with your company. So, so overall for acquisition strategies is these studios need to appeal to these micro problems and then they need to establish what those are, keep a running list, talk to your clients, talk to people that you know, keep a running list of those, establish what the plan is, what you're going to offer, and then have a very vivid description of the actual ending or solution. Correct. And I, yeah, you know, I know yeah. we're going to get into specific numbers here in a second, but when I, this is all organic marketing, obviously you can parlay this concept of creating micro problems, plan and vivid successful endings into your ad copy, which I highly recommend. I generally tell studios start with organic. I mean, and the, for everyone, maybe I'm familiar, organic would just be the post you make that you're not paying any money to the social media right. platform for. And the great thing is you do it at volume. If you're, if you're currently not posting one time a day, get to about three to six months, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, let's say three months of consistent one time a day posting and then grow it to two times a day. And ideally, I'd like to see the average studio posting three times a day organically an a.m. and afternoon and p.m. Now, because organic doesn't have as much reach, we have to post in more volume so people can see our stuff. But what you could then do with it, and this is the really cool thing with organic, Rachel, is you can use an Instagram or a Facebook or a LinkedIn or whatever and see the analytics of all your organic posts right, over the right. course of three, six months. Like, hey, it's so weird. When I talk about this micro problem, it performs better. I'm going to try running paid ads 
to that micro problem. Yeah. And, and I'm sure we'll do a future episode on, on paid advertising and things of that nature. But that's the beauty of this is when you really sit down and boil it, it has a very, is a very, is a good short-term ROI, better brand presence, better messaging. You're more frequently in people's feeds. They become more, uh, you know, in higher engaged with you, you can, yeah. you do have a better chance yeah. of acquiring them, but then you're also doing a ton of great marketing R and D for what type of post and micro problems perform best for you that you can run against paid ads. Uh, yeah. I guess one thing to hit on then was if, if somebody wasn't posting to their social media, um, really frequently or not at all, like how would you recommend that they even get to the point where they had content to post once every yeah. day? So I generally recommend a photography place. So you want to either barter out energy exchange or hire someone. It should be too expensive. A, a good photographer for about an hour to two hours worth of work might be around 150 to $200. Well worth it. And I, I generally recommend if you're doing live classes, you're telling the photographer, I need around 150 quality images. Now, a live class is difficult to get photography and think of the spin yeah. studios where it's dark. Yep. Think of uh, yep. some of these faster paced hit studios where like, no offense, but I don't care how fast your shutter speed is on your camera. <laughs> everyone looks like sloth from the Goonies drooling out of their face. There's a blur effect like Bigfoot. Like it's just yeah. it, people look really attractive in the middle of a workout. But I, if you have to do it that way, gorilla run and gun, do it, get 150 images, and make sure the movements and the workout for that day bias and kind of lean towards the avatar client you're going after, okay? Yeah. What I prefer, schedule a photo shoot on a Sunday, buy mm -hmm. breakfast for everybody, get some emojis out there, hire the photographer, pick 10 to 15 of your clients that match the avatar you're advertising to, ask them to wear branded gear. Ladies, if you're in a studio with black floors, no black pants, because that looks yeah. horrible. You need colored <laughs> pants on black floors. There's like these little things you don't think yeah, of in, in the sure. photography kind of world. Um, no big Nike swoosh logos. We want branded apparel. And yep. then you get to pick all yep. the movements. You get to hold them. Like, all right, everybody, we're going to go ahead. Everyone hold a plank. And then the photographer can just capture perfect pictures of everybody. Yeah. All right, let's, we're going to do yeah. a TRX row and they're pulling on the TRX straps, hold, and then the photographer can capture perfect pictures. So a, a photo shoot uh, with 150 images is generally enough to create six months of s organic social media content at a posting schedule of three times perfect. a day. Well, cool. Let's, let's talk a little bit more than in regards to like client acquisition and, and getting people into your studio or even getting people into your digital studio offering. So I know we had talked about this, but for like a studio that was around 150 or so people, you're ideally wanting to get about 30 prospects into the studio a month. Yeah. Uh, that's I, and let's just get, let's give the client journey. So in, it, we have a, in all of commerce, guys, there's a buying cycle. And the buying cycle is three stages. There's awareness. Someone becomes aware of your brand. And then there's consideration. They're learning the information needed to possibly walk in the door, try it out, do that trial, whatever it is. And then there's purchasing. So mm -hmm. um, awareness, consideration, purchase. Now, we need generally for a studio, and again, like you said, an avatar studio of around 150 so clients or desired clientele base, one per day, one prospect to consider it per day, meaning they physically came on site. And if you think about it, one person per day should probably try out your service, mm -hmm. right? It should, it should probably come try it out. Now, how many leads, how many, how many people need to become aware of it and give their name, email, and phone number? Uh, to make 30 come in, 
on average, you're probably going to need two to three X that depending on what your lead nurture looks like and, and, and things of that degree, whether you're yeah. what I call a, yeah. you know, if you're a high volume gym or a, a lower quantity studio, uh, so everyone right now, unfortunately with COVID is super low quantity, which makes this very right, difficult right. in that per class quantity capacity setting. But I generally recommend think of it guys, one person per day should be in your doors trying out the studio. And even at a, a 30 or 40% closing ratio, that would probably be for most studios an adequate amount of volume for you to hit the growth KPIs that you have. And then something that you touched on when we were speaking earlier was the fact that even though these people are coming into your gym and don't sign up, you still want them to have a great experience. So kind of speak on that and how that would overall snowball effect into something good. Urban movement is uh, one thing I think that we do phenomenally well is guerrilla marketing. In October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, typically we would every weekend align ourselves with one local nonprofit that has a quota, a donation quota. And I would say to them, I have an amazing studio. I can fit an X amount of people in there. And I would like to host a free, no cost to you workout so that people can come in. And the only thing we will we'll charge a donation to your organization. Mm -hmm. My mm -hmm. customers won't get charged. Obviously we will encourage them to donate, but everybody else you advertise to your donor list. We'll advertise to the world and, and we'll get people to come in here. Well, guess yeah, what yeah. I just did. Everybody that comes in from that, I might not be making money on them, but I'm getting their name, email, and phone number. I'm getting an experience. They're getting to meet the coaches, see the style, the workouts we do. You know, where's the location, the gym. Now they've heard the brand awareness. Go back to the buying cycle. Everybody awareness must happen before anyone can consider you or purchase. Right. And when I say 30 per month, people are like, wait, wait, I should grow by 30 members in my studio per month. I mean, maybe some of you guys, if you're large enough, but for others, probably not. No. But do you want, let's say you close 15. Would you want 15 other people to come and say, you know what, that studio is not for me. It's a little out of the way of my kids t-ball or for my work, but my God, my sister, she lives on that side of town. She would love it. Yeah. Or when they, people are talking about it, like, oh, I've heard of that. Let me tell you about my experience there. So think of it as 30 amazing experiences with brand new, never seen before individuals where hopefully a percentage of those, whatever you need to hit your monthly KPIs, sign up and give you cash. And the other ones walk away, not giving you cash, but giving, you know, your, that's a referral forever. I yeah. talk about it like when we mentioned, yeah. you know, memberships come and go, referrals are forever. Not everybody is going to close out with you with cash and money, but as long as you do a good job with a great brand experience and they'd be like, you know what, this isn't for me. I, I didn't really like that workout, but man, the instructors were super nice and they were, they answered all my questions and it, the bathrooms were clean. I, but my brother, I think he'd like that style of workout. I'm going to tell him about it. Yeah. I think that's super key. It's just providing that, you know, great experience for anybody that comes through your doors or anybody that tries your digital experience, because you never know who that person may know. It might not be for them, but they know someone else that might like it. So I think that's very powerful. hundred percent. Well, awesome, Stu. Let's leave people with a few key takeaways that they can gather from both client engagement, client acquisition. What what are some key things that you'd want people to take away from the conversation that we had and they can implement into their studios? You guys, from client engagement, be thinking outside of the 60, 45, 30 minutes, however long your group classes are to all the ways you can touch people outside of there, get them thinking about you. And this could be as easy as social media strategies, like guys, we have a, you know, uh, 
here's a here's a preview of the workout. How many rounds do you think Coach Johnny's gonna get? Right? Comment down below, whatever that may be. It could be the Facebook group, it could be taking photos of the clients and then making that a big part of your publishing where you tag them in it. And who knows? Hey guys, for uh, every one of you, if, for every time you share one of our photos, we'll put you in a drawing and then you could do one per day or one per photo and we'll do a drawing at the end of the month and you get a free month or you get this swag bag, something cool like that. We did one at Urban where every time they checked in, they got 1% off their next month. And we had hypothesized that the average person would maybe do 16 check-ins and we had people check. I mean, they were coming to two classes a day. Wow. I mean, we, <laughs> we learned our lesson quickly. So we moved that from a percentage point to an entry into a drawing. But there are client engagement strategies to get them thinking and talking about your brand outside of the brand. And it generally means be where their eyeballs are in the middle of the day. That is going to probably be social media. That could be a, an email. That could be, again, just random text messages to the clients throughout the day. Yeah. From an acquisition standpoint, the only way anyone buys anything from anybody is if they believe you could solve a problem they have. And the problem in the fitness industry is that I think many, too many of us are going after general problems, or maybe we don't even realize what very specific problem we solve. At Urban Movement, we are the white space between something like maybe a CrossFit gym and a Orange Theory studio. When -hmm. someone is outgrown in Orange Theory, but they do not want to do high-intensity barbell training, we are the perfect solution, and we pitch ourselves as such. So we know exactly what micro problem we solve for people. And once you figure out what that is, you know, you really don't have a lot. Like, I, you know, uh, there's an uh, amazing there's... bagel place in Charlotte, North Carolina that they get, you know, they, they joke around, they import the water from Brooklyn. <laughs> Real good New York style bagels. They have a line out the door every single day. They don't do an ounce of marketing. Why? Because they solved one problem, one problem only. The most authentic, real New York bagel store in Charlotte. Yeah. And and that is a great example of someone who figured, well, we're going to do this. We're going to solve this one micro problem very, very, very well. So figure out the micro problem you solve, guys. You probably solve several. And if you don't know, start talking to the prospects coming in, talk to your customers and identify about 30 of different micro problems and start speaking to them on your social media and your post, your opening scene on your website, all that. And then eventually getting people in the studios, the real numbers, you need to come up with a number. I'm throwing 30 out per month as a a generic broad stroke, obviously, because we don't know who's listening. We don't have the finite details of your studio. But for most of you guys, I think that's probably a decent place to start. If you're like, Stu, Rach, I'm barely getting in 10 per month, or I'm barely getting 20 people to try out my online thing. Okay, then lower that number down and chase that number and say, okay, I need to get 10 in. Great. How many times are you posting on social media? Well, we post maybe one time a day. Good. Take it up to two or three times a day and tell me if that number doesn't increase, getting more people to try out the studio. We cannot guarantee you're going to sell that. We can't uh, speak to your sales abilities right now. Well, but guys, you have to, you have to have more at bats and there's a bigger number that you need to see monthly than what you actually need to close per month. And you need to figure that out. Solid advice, Stu. Always great tips that you give these studios and people that are listening. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to Stu or myself, and we'll see you next time. See you guys.